Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 25. I can't believe it. 25 of the podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the week of November 30th. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing of Episcopal Retirement Services. And I'm here with Kristen Davenport, Director of Communications for ERS and our executive producer. How are you, Kristen? Hey, I'm doing well. And congratulations, Brian. I feel great about our accomplishment. That's fantastic. Absolutely. It's been a great, great ride. So the Linkage podcast is dedicated to educating our audience about issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS, and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with residents, clients, and and, uh, even family and staff members. Uh, Kristen, you want to tell everybody about our, our great 25th episode coming up? Yes, Brian, we have some great guests with us today. We have Alice Grove. Alice is a resident of Thomaston Woods in Amelia, Ohio, and Walter Langsam. He lives at Central Parkway Place down in Over the Rhine in Cincinnati. And of course, our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, will be with us to give us the update on all things happening around our ERS communities. Well, it sounds like we have a great great lineup once again. And I I can't believe we're at 25 episodes, Kristen. Um, We started this right back at the beginning of the pandemic and have been doing it almost every week. And I I have really had fun uh, touching base with residents that we've known for a while, but, but, you know, we haven't been able to see because we, you and I aren't going into the office or the communities right right now. And, and then meeting some new people that has um, been one of the real wonderful things to reflect back on with these podcasts is not only the connections that we've been able to keep with residents that we know, but also all the residents that we're meeting um, just you know through these podcast recordings. And uh, we're going to have a whole host of people to catch up with once it's uh, safe to get back into the communities and be present with people in person, not just uh, uh, over uh, the computer or over the phone. Yeah. And I, I think what I've found really interesting, you know, from these past eight months of doing this and 25 episodes is that, you know, you can hear all of the, the ways people are staying engaged and positive through this whole thing and the life lessons that have kind of got them through it. Um, you, you really get to know these people in a way, maybe we haven't always gotten to know it. Uh, know before as well. Yes, that's so true. Um, folks that I've, um, I've known, I've met, um, you maybe have no idea what maybe some of their interests or um, careers or, or their history mm-hmm. um, is, and, and getting to, to virtually sit down with them and, and have these conversations has been just not only engaging, but really uplifting. Yeah, and I think it's also kind of taken on uh, the narrative that we've been hearing about nursing homes and retirement communities as, as being, you know, difficult places for older adults. But, you know, while we know people are limited in seeing their families and friends and, you know, and their interactions in the, the greater community, there's still so many benefits of being in a safe place and also being engaged, maybe, maybe not in the big events that we've had, but, you know, that support of staff and, and maybe smaller 
you know, social situations that are done with masks and, and social distanced. And so being able to kind of tell those stories, I think, has been really important uh, as well. That is so true, Brian. I just had a conversation this past week. Um, one of my thankful Thursday calls that I made on Thanksgiving was to a resident that uh, I try to keep in touch with just about on a weekly basis. And, you know, she just said, you know, I feel safe here. And, and that's, that was so comforting to hear, um, to hear that that was her overwhelming feeling and her overwhelming thing to be thankful for. That's a great way to kick off our 25th episode. And uh, why don't we kind of move along and, and get to our first guest? So you want to introduce our first guest? Absolutely, Brian. Well, this is one of those guests that uh, I had never met before. Her name is Alice Grove and Alice lives in Emilio, Ohio at Thomaston Woods, um, a community for families that's uh, next door to Thomaston Meadows, um, one of our senior living, uh, affordable living communities. And uh, very interestingly, you will hear uh, Alice was a Pan Am flight attendant at the time when that was just an iconic career for women. Um, so let's meet Alice. Well, welcome Alice Grove to our podcast. Thanks for being here today. Well, thank you. Thank you for asking me. I'm honored. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and so t just tell us all a little bit. How's your day so far out there at Thomaston Woods? Well, it's been a typical day. Uh, I'm retired and I'm able to do the things that I, I wanted to do for years. Uh, I do a lot of baking. I do a lot of cooking. I do a lot of home sewing. Uh, I took up baking and I'm going to make an interesting uh, bread. It's Asiago and everything bread. It's a beautiful loaf. It's uh, it's a shame that you can't see the picture of it. I brought. Wow. Well, you know, if you send me a picture, we do post our podcasts on all our social media channels. I'd okay. love to share with the listeners what your beautiful bread looks like. So go ahead and send that along. I appreciate it. And that will come with the recipe too. <laughs> Fantastic. What a bonus for our listeners. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I was going to ask you if you had something um, special that uh, a recipe that you could share. So that would be wonderful. The bread sounds amazing. It is. It is. Well, besides baking, uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing to stay active, engaged right now. Um, you mentioned you, you have some other hobbies. I do home sewing. I mentioned that I belong to a sewing circle. And we make uh, simple quilts for children's hospital uh, so that the child will feel like they have something of their own. Uh, they can, uh, some, uh, some of the quilts the, uh, the hospital keeps, some of them the, the children take home. Uh, we also make simple little garments for the children who are there on long term. That and, is fantastic as a and mom. I do, I do. I can tell you that is so appreciated. That is so <laughs> appreciated. It, it's, it does add something very special to a room that's probably not very welcoming for most. And, yes. um, and yes. that is mm -hmm. a, a, just a blessing and a godsend. Thank you so much for doing that. Well, I'm one of the newer members, but the group has made over 3000 quilts for the, for uh, the hospital. That's amazing. Yes, it is. Well, it's, it's, it's wonderful that you found ways to, to stay engaged and, and baking and sewing are both wonderful things, not just, you know, for your body, but for your mind, for your spirit. Um, 
I commend you for for finding those um, those wonderful ways to stay active and engaged in your retirement. Um, I we had a little conversation before we started to record, and you told me that you had a career as a flight attendant. I would love to hear a story <laughs> or two about that. That had to be some kind of an amazing career traveling. It was wonderful. It was almost thirty years with Pan Am, and uh, I lived between Boston and Manhattan. I spent five years in the London base and I met some of the most amazing people. Uh, we had the, what we did was so different that it was actually a family. Uh, right. We had, uh, I told Sue about uh, an interesting couple. I was working first class. And at that time um, we didn't have the computers that we have now. So we would take names and drink orders in advance of takeoff. And uh, there was a married couple and uh, he was at the window. She was on the aisle and he said, your last name, sir? Smith. Uh, your first initial? J, let's J like John? Yes. And Mrs. Smith? Yes. Uh, and your first initial, Mrs. Smith? M, that's MS. And I said, that's MS like Mary Susan? That's MS. I said, well, I'm going to deal with this tiger. And in the meantime, the captain's up in the flight deck giving me a timeout and stop. And I said, thank you very much. And what will you have to drink? And that was it. So he brought me up. He, he motioned me to come up. And I, I said, you know, he said, don't you know about, about the feminists? And I said, what do you mean? He said, they're, they're Miz. I said, what do you mean? MS. And I said, oh, that's what she meant. So I just stayed away from her. From both of them. The man looked like he wanted to evaporate into, uh, into his seat. Um, then uh, we were ruled by the weather. You, uh, the weather called the day that you were going to have. Uh, if fog, people didn't understand the delay because they could drive in fog. Snow they could understand, but uh, because they could slip and slide in snow. Um, I had the Everly brothers, uh, Everly brother who joined the Mile High Club on my flight. So I let them blow. Uh, Chad Atkins, um, he was on the flight. He bought, he was in first class. He uh, bought a seat for uh, his guitar. And Ooh. well, I really didn't know who he was. I grew up with classical music. And so I went around and we were taking names again. And uh, your name, sir? Atkins, yes. Your first initial? Of that C, as in Charlie, yes. And the captain is just losing it. <laughs> Mushing for me to come up, up front. Well, I had to finish. And I said, does your guitar have a name? You must think a lot of your guitar. Do you play a little? He said, oh, I pick a little. Oh, that's a <laughs> hobby. And, uh, and he just smiled, the nicest guy in the world. Captain, he said, do you know who that is? And I said, well, let's see. I think he's in, in that because he said, he's on the Grand Ole Opry. I said, what's that? <laughs> I grew up going to the uh, going to the zoo opera when I was a child, going to the symphony. When yes. I, I had no idea who that was. Well, he asked for my name when he when he got off. He said, "I'll, I'll send you a couple of tickets." And uh, thank you. Uh, about a month later, in my mailbox, I received two tickets to Grand Ole Opry, the uh, the old stadium, the old. I can't think of the name where they were. And there, were, there was front seat, front row seats, and nicest guy in the world. It were wonderful memories. 
Um, I, w I told Sue about the time I was uh, going to represent Pan Am with another girl I flew with. She was drop dead gorgeous. Well, I just look like anyone on the street and uh, we're in uniform, we're walking down Fifth Avenue and there's a man whose eyes are just head on to Dorina. She was drop dead gorgeous. She was Miss Pan Am. He nearly knocked me over. He could only see her. She grabbed him and she said, what are you doing? Look what you almost did to her. So it ran the gamut. And it was a wonderful life. It was more of a lifestyle than a job. Yeah. And when it was over, there was a there was a grieving period. Sure. And I was lucky. I was in the right time, at the right place, at the right time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's amazing. I've loved hearing your stories. Um, not only were you a flight attendant, probably the most iconic flight attendant um, would be those that, that flew for Pan Am, for sure. I mean, every, oh, everybody know, knows Pan Am. You know what? They were um, nice people. Uh, mm -hmm. If you wanted the job, you had to develop discipline. The airlines, the, uh, the early founders of the airlines were former military. That's all they knew. Mm. You were never late. If you were late three times in a quarter, you were terminated. I don't care right. who you were. So, and we, uh, we were told how to, what jewelry to wear with our uniforms. Nothing political. Uh, mm. If you were engaged, you could wear an engagement ring. Um, you couldn't be married. Mm. You couldn't be pregnant. Well, now mm. they have maternity uniforms. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whole different thing. Uh, everything has evolved. Yeah. But we were proud of what we did. We were proud of the service that we could get, that we gave. There was one captain, and that was George Sapley. Everyone knew who George was. And George liked fruit salads. So the caterer would board uh, our uh, first class and, and uh, tourist catering. When the first class catering included fresh fruit, it was so gorgeous it didn't look real. Mm. Well, Captain Stapley liked fresh fruit salads. So we would ask him, do you want your fruit salad? Yes. And so we would offer the passengers the fruit before we even took off so that we would have enough to make George's fruit salad. <laughs> you have no idea what it's like to prepare a fruit salad and open, I don't know how many Domino sugar packets to sweeten it for him. <laughs> In flight, wow. Yes. <laughs> <I can imagine. laughs> well, that's fantastic. Uh, Alice, all so no matter which airline you flew for, uh, it was the same job. Mm. It was mm. the same job. And it gave me an entree. I've been all over the world. Mm -hmm. Give me an entree to the world and to meet other people and to see how they lived, to eat their food mm -hmm. and to worship with them. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it was more of a lifestyle than a job. It was absolutely wonderful. We would, um, we could, we'd be out, we would have a layover in Rome. We'd have espresso, mm. sidewalk cafe. You don't do that with any other job. I missed it for years. Rome is one of the places I've been lucky enough to travel. And just when you said an espresso in Rome, uh, I mean, I, yes. I could remember yes. that full experience. Uh -huh. Yes. There, yes. There are the Spanish steps and next to the Spanish steps, mm -hmm. they, um, as you're facing it, 
On the left is uh, an English tea room, Babington's Tea Room. And then you proceed off to your right and there's a wonderful, uh, it's, it's a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. And the pastries are served to you on a beautiful tray, beautifully presented, and they're little works of art. Mm -hmm. And the people serving it are in morning coats. It's, it's a wonderful experience. We would we we couldn't do that on every uh, on every layover. Some of them were thirty six hours. It depended on what the union had negotiated, mm -hmm. and we had But we were lucky. Mm -hmm. No matter who you flew for, if you flew for a small regional carrier or a, an international carrier, we all did the same job. Mm -hmm. Well, Alice, that was wonderful. I'm sure our listeners have really enjoyed that. Um, I'll just close with one more question then. Um, sure. So once we figure out this uh, this coronavirus and, and we find a better way to be together in the future, what's the one thing that you're looking forward to? Um, what's on your list of something you haven't been able to do safely in the last few months? You can always find something to do at home. Mm -hmm. and, uh, or take up something. You, you can take up baking. Just You can... Uh, get a couple bread pans and just uh, learn to do a, a simple bread recipe. Um, but immediately, uh, I want to be able to go out with my friends without a mask, and I'll be able to hug my friends. Someone, you know, someone's going through a rough time. Be able to shake their hand, be able to give them a hug, um, and let them know you care. There's nothing better than the human touch. Mm -hmm. uh, down the road, in two years, I'm planning a trip to the Galapagos Islands off the coast of Ecuador. Um, it's a wonderful place. It's, uh, it's, it's the world before we set foot on it and started building. The, mm -hmm. uh, the animals have never been scared by a human being and they'll approach you. Mm. A bird will uh, come and rest on your shoulder. Darwin began his study on uh, the origin of the species in the Galapagos. There are six species, six species of uh, birds named after Darwin in, in the Galapagos. You have um, uh, wonderful birds, the blue-footed booby, the red-footed booby, the masked booby. Uh, you have the Galapagos seal, and uh, that seal is uh, as, a, as a result of a migration from California. I uh, have the Sally Lightfoot crab. It's all kinds of pastel colors. Mm -hmm. they, uh, it's just a wonderful place to go. And there, it, you, know, you don't have a glitzy resort. You take your best old clothes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going on a Lindblad tour uh, with National Geographic. So oh, it's wow. forward to well, Alice, that's amazing. You really painted a picture with your words there. I could just see uh, the nature, the beauty of the place. Um, so thank you for that. And, uh, and thank you for our time together today. You've been uh, you. a delightful guest. Thank you for having me. Kristen, that was a lovely uh, interview with Alice. I, I really enjoyed hearing kind of about the glamour of the old days of being a stewardess and working for Pan Am. It, it kind of almost takes you back to the Mad Men days and, and, yes. and the glamour of that industry back in that time. 
That is so, uh, so correct. You know, Brian, the, the, the madman, um, I, when I was talking to her, I just had this visual picture of just everything she was telling me about the, the people she met and the places mm-hmm. she went. And, mm-hmm. and um, not only that, she was just such an uplifting person talking about, you know, deciding to take up baking, you know, during yeah. this pandemic, she, you know, she just looked at this as an opportunity to, to try something new that she, she always wanted to do and never tried, you know, so um, I, I was, I felt really fortunate to get to, to know Alice today. I hope all our listeners enjoyed our conversation. We'll look forward to getting that recipe from her. I'm putting out <laughs> on our social media channels you, you as well. I, I love that, that idea. Well, next up, I guess we'll have uh, our check-in with Laura Lamb, our president and CEO, who uh, spoke to Brian this week. So we're back this week, right after Thanksgiving, uh, with president and CEO, Laura Lamb. Hi, Laura. Hi, Brian. How you doing? I'm doing well. Happy the week after Thanksgiving. How was your, uh, your holiday? Oh my goodness. It was great. Um, I like small and quiet holidays and um, the pandemic made it smaller and quieter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We definitely had uh, just our household this year, obviously, as everybody was recommending, but it was, uh, I think you said it earlier. Um, it was nice, nice to, in some ways, not have to rush, rush around or be so time-driven um, as in pre- previous years. So. Yeah, that was my favorite part. Most of my family, um, you know, has to go somewhere else after they, my extended family, that is, which right. I didn't have that challenge this year. And it was so nice to just be a little bit more leisurely um, in in all all things on Thursday. So that was nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so I, I wanted to kind of jump in. Actually, there's been some breaking news just as of uh, uh, really last night um, that we heard some uh, news on the vaccines. And I was wondering if you could share what you've been hearing, um, maybe both from the CDC and, and from the state on, on that news. Yeah, it is very exciting. And We've all been waiting for this day where we can talk about the vaccine. And um, so I'm sure the listeners have heard the same news, Brian, is that, you know, we're really close to having approval for probably two vaccines. Mm -hmm. Um, Our uh, federal government has done work to kind of lay out how the vaccine is going to be distributed. And the breaking news was that CDC issued some recommendation guidelines of how it should be distributed and who are the priority groups. And fortunately for um, the healthcare heroes that work at ERS's communities, um, our retirement communities that is, and our our residents in um, our congregate living settings, will be the, they're in the top priority. So that means they'll get that sooner rather than later. Right. That's fabulous to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know um, people have different views about the vaccine and, Mm -hmm. you know, without a COVID lens on it, but I, I can uh, tell you just from where, where we're sitting, you know, for healthcare workers and the elderly, um, who are most vulnerable, 
we need a vaccine because, yeah. you know, our mitigation strategies to protect them really um, are falling short. So this is this is something we absolutely need. Yeah, yeah, and it and it sounds by all uh, measures that you know it's gone through the the proper clinical trial process okay. for safety and efficacy. So um, I'm really excited to hear the data that's been coming out. Um, and uh, while I'm not necessarily on the front lines, I'm really excited to get vaccinated myself. Um, yeah, I am too. You know, I think it's a real lesson for us uh, that when everyone has a common goal yeah. and we're all headed in the right same direction, how quickly we can do things um, in a safe, you know, methodical science-driven fashion. Right. Right. Yeah. And it gets reviewed by the right people. Um, right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really exciting news, particularly, you know, as, as we've had kind of a rough, rough November and potentially mm -hmm. a, a, a tough holiday out in the broader community. Right. Now th this couldn't come soon enough. Yeah. And speaking of soon enough, you know, we're hearing from both Ohio uh, officials and, you know, Kentucky, the two communities or the two states, we have our retirement communities that it could be, you know, mid December. Wow. Um, I know, I know. Wow, just a yeah. few short weeks away. That would be, yeah. that would be wonderful. It sure would. It sure would. So we're we'll keep folks updated as we learn more information. But we are so excited. We made the cut, so to speak, and are in the top priority. And we'll share more information as it comes available. Yeah. Well, that's thanks for sharing that great news. We can't uh, can't wait to provide further updates when we're actually providing those, those vaccines. Absolutely. So the other thing I, I wanted to, to talk about this week, I, you know, I, I know we've kind of talked about this in different groups throughout the year, but, you know, our, um, our, our residents, our elders, um, and, and even our staff have done so much um, work in the area of technology and, and innovation through this pandemic. And, there was a really great story about the resident that kind of made me think about this. And I was wondering if you could share that um, story about the resident and kind of using technology when they weren't real uh, easily adopters of technology and, and, and how you also see that throughout our communities manifest in other ways. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm on um, our manager on duty rotation, um, mm -hmm. like most of our managers and um, it's one of the highlights of my month. <laughs> Frankly, I love being in the community. And one of the roles of a manager on duty is they facilitate the Zoom um, and window visits that we have. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I was assigned this particular time to Dupree House, which many of you know, um, was my home for more than 18 years uh, when I was vice president. And yeah. So I still have um, quite a few friends that still live at Dupree House. So this one resident was um, is a friend of mine and it was good to catch up with him and help him with his Zoom call, but it was for his birthday. Um, so it was, it was special in and of itself. Yeah. But as I was helping him with the Zoom call, you know, 
his family was definitely using this as um, uh, an opportunity to assemble the entire family. They had family members from multiple states and wow. countries. Um, wow. So I, I think that the, the one um, family was living is living um, in Norway right now. Oh but God. anyway, um, it was just so much fun just to see the residents' reaction. This gentleman is um, has has always I've known him to be a little bit reluctant. Uh -huh. uh, although I did find out that he has an I iPhone, and he uses it because he monitors the stock market every day. But I <laughs> when I told him that he could do Zoom on it, yeah, he just shook his head and he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you helped me with <laughs> right, right so um he faci we facilitated this great um call and um uh, video conference and um i think he was they were on the call just we didn't have much many other actually we didn't have any appointments the rest of the afternoon so mm -hmm. brian they were on the call for a good hour and a half it was oh, wow. so so neat that that's they were able to connect from all over and and the resident found out that his grandson just got engaged and actually oh. met the fiance on the call it was oh just my God. it was, gives me goosebumps just telling you about it it was neat yeah that's so neat i mean with even even without covid or technology that's something that may not have happened for months you know until they came back stateside to meet exactly somebody. exactly so it's just neat it's it's you know i I do have a love for technology. You know that about yeah, me. So when yeah. we're able to use technology to help our residents stay connected, it's 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 very fulfilling. It's very yeah. fulfilling. Well, and there's been so many ways uh, other than tech, um, you know, just communication that residents have started picking up on, and or have allowed our staff to support our residents for just ordering things or um or sending updates things like that I, can you talk a little bit about kind of maybe our residents and our what our staff are doing yeah so again um you know the the use of the internet and the ability to go on to amazon or kroger or you know you name it and and purchase supplies so that we don't have to go out of our house so that we don't have to leave the campus you know, frankly, makes everyone safer. Yeah. So, um, you know, our residents are using ClickList. They're using Instacart. They're mm. using their Am. They're getting their money's worth from their Amazon Prime memberships and yeah. free delivery. But we we don't assume that everyone has has wants to do that or or has the you know ability to do that. And so, as staff we've set up systems that we are, we're available to do that service for our residents. So at our retirement communities, we, you know, residents who want to take advantage of ordering from Kroger online, but don't want to submit their order. And mm -hmm. we, we do that um, from beginning to end. We submit the order. We actually have um, a staff member that goes and gets it and brings it to the community yeah. and then our residents um, pick it up in the, our, our lobbies um, when it's delivered. So um, Amazon's the same th way is that we will order anything residents want um, and need and, and 
will get it delivered to their apartment. So, you know, if, if you think about just the way technology has evolved, yeah. you, know, I, you know, I've thought about this, Brian, you know, if we were in this pandemic 10 years ago, when these systems and this infrastructure wasn't right. built, um, we yeah. would really be struggling. But yeah. you know, with a computer and an internet connection, my husband says, and a credit card, you can get just about anything <laughs> that you want, want or need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really been amazing to see. And I think just, you know, coming off of Black Friday, it, you know, you're hearing online sales have gone up so much more yeah. while the state, you know, obviously the store sales are down, but it, it's those online sales, it seemed, felt like Black Friday turned right into Cyber Monday. Yeah, throughout this whole for thing. sure. It's the one and the same, right? Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for this week's update. It was uh, great, great to catch up post holiday. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up next week. Thank you, Brian. Well, Brian, I, I just was hanging on every word that Laura was telling you about uh, getting those those mile markers. Now we're starting to see in this marathon of COVID, we're starting to maybe see we're getting closer to the finish line. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exciting to hear that you know it, it, it's right around the corner. And of course, you know our long term care, our congregate living settings are a priority in our healthcare workers. So that's that's really exciting, even though, you know, the numbers right now are, are really exploding. Um, but, uh, you know, it couldn't come, couldn't come soon enough. So uh, that that's great news to hear. And also just how Laura touched on how our communities, our residents, our staff are using technology to really stay uh, connected and engaged with anything that our residents might need from the outside world, whether it be families or, uh, you know, getting together with their families or, mm -hmm. or things that they need to, to purchase. You know, I've always been kind of a technology geek and really enjoyed sure. my, my toys, but um, it, it's been exciting and refreshing to see our residents really using it with more frequency and, and feeling more comfortable with it. I think that's always been a, a big challenge with our, our, our residents, but they're, they're, they're using Zoom, they're using ClickList. And if they're not using it, our staff is able to support them by using those tools. So as Laura mentioned, you know, we may not have been prepared 10 years ago that with this infrastructure, but we have it now and it's, it's helped us get through this challenging time. So that, that was really good to hear from her. Another good bright spot for us, for sure. Absolutely. So with that said, uh, I think I'll introduce our next uh, guest. Uh, I had the wonderful opportunity of interviewing Walter Langsam down at uh, Central Parkway Place, and he's just a delightful uh, gentleman. And uh, here's my interview with Walter. So I'm here with uh, one of our residents of Central Parkway Place, Walter Langsam. Hi, Walter. How are you? Fine, thanks, Brian. And you? I'm doing very well today. Thanks so much for joining us on our podcast. And uh, I, I always like to start off our uh, our interviews with just a check-in question. And how are you doing? You know, particularly 
you know, it's, we've been in the pandemic about eight months now. Um, I'm actually fortunate to be doing remarkably well. Um, I have so far not got the virus and uh, no one I know and care about has either, thank goodness. Um, I went into self-quarantine very early, mm -hmm. uh, first person in the building, and I was quite resented by many people in the elevator with no mask, and I would recommend, shall we put it politely, that they wear them, and now practically everybody is, which is a relief, yeah. uh, both medically and in terms of tension. But uh, I have, by limiting my outside life and uh, fortunately having a few but enough friends and family to help me get by from a practical sense and a psychological sense as well. Yeah, that's great. And you, you mentioned family and friends. So what kind of things have you been doing to stay active or, and or engaged? Have you been on the phone a lot? Have you been? Yes, I, I have uh, two or three, sometimes more friends. Uh, someone calls, several call once a day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am 85 and, <laughs> um, and I'm lucky to have that many such faithful, loyal friends. I yeah. have two friends who are willing to drive with me in the car. Um, I, they both seem to feel that it's safe to do so. And so far for me, it has been. Yeah. I've eaten out with them uh, until recently um, uh, and uh, really eaten outdoors in right. restaurants. And I've uh, been taking advantage of takeout Mm -hmm. uh, myself and other people have uh, brought it to me. Great. I fortunately have a friend who's been willing to shop at Kroger's for me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, an old friend who and we, we shopped together for a long time as a transitional phase. So he knows exactly what I want. Right. Uh, well, well and, and you, you and I were talking a little bit earlier yesterday when we, we, we first met and you know the, with the location there near washington park do you get out and do any walking or well of course depending on the weather sure and uh i don't like heat but then you can go early in the morning and yeah sometimes it's difficult with the cold frankly um i'm having great difficulty at present walking yeah and uh, but my doctor has prescribed a walker with a seat and that should allow me to get to Kroger's four or five blocks away on my own and do shopping mm -hmm. and get to the park and exercise much more, which is important. Right. Oh, they've got the new new Kroger's not too far away from you yeah, down there now. Four long blocks away. Yeah. A challenge right now, but should be sure. fine with the walker. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Walter, again, we, when we discussed, now you were, were an adjunct professor at the University of Cincinnati. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what I, and I found it fascinating, sure. but what, what you were- well, I'm thought. an architectural historian. I'm an art historian too. I'm not uh -huh. an architect, but I um, teach and write and give tours and so on of architecture. Uh -huh. uh, primarily local, although I've done it with Western architecture and British architecture and so on. 
Sure. And my specialty is 19th century Victorian and early 20th century architecture. Mm -hmm. um, I've been in, very involved with historic preservation locally uh -huh. uh, in the past. Mm -hmm. And I still get questions about uh, buildings and value and so on. And I, I've written one important book and contributed to several others on Cincinnati architecture. And that's what I taught as an adjunct. I didn't really have to teach anything I didn't feel like. Right. And, and they found a course for me um, um, every quarter for 30 years or more, and um, uh, including evening college. Mm -hmm. And I um, and I got therefore a broader range of students than just at DAP, which is where I basically taught. Yeah, but uh, I I love living down here um, at the at the old Y. Yeah, I'm on the seventh floor on the south east corner with spectacular views of all of downtown and all of over the ride. Wow. And it's just filled with architectural landmarks and natural yeah. the greenery, actually, on Central Parkway. So yeah. uh, from that standpoint, I'm still immersed in preservation and architecture. Yeah, and you've had the wonderful uh, just observation of seeing a lot of the preservation work down there and over the Rhine with, you know, between... Yeah. Uh, memorial hall and and uh, uh music hall music hall and and a lot of the homes in that neighborhood yes yeah uh, it's a it's a fabulous location yeah yeah so walter one of the questions i like asking our our guests um on our podcast is you know obviously you've you've lived a, a long um for, you know fruitful, interesting life. And, and you've seen a lot of challenges that our nation's faced. And I'm sure you've seen had some personal challenges. Are there any kind of lessons that you've pulled from from those that kind of help you get through this pandemic now? Well, um, I, I've only recently really, thanks to a good friend, been following politics. I've had a uh -huh. Uh, presidents and administrations that I admired, but not very many. Of course, yeah. from I remember Roosevelt before he died, <laughs> but um, uh, that's uh, FDR, not Fed. Yeah. And um, uh, and that has been a real um, interest, and it's added excitement and uh, horror <laughs> and distress. Sure. Uh, in this recent um, period. As far as what's uh, an experience like this one, it's personal. But uh, as I think I told you, I had bed bugs earlier yeah. uh, last summer. And the sort of deprivation of having all my possessions in storage for yeah. well over a year yeah. uh, has really put me through it. And in a way, it prepared me for the, for the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I I uh, I spend my time listening to music. I mm -hmm. have a huge um, CD DVD collection, uh -huh. and uh, uh, and I read. And I, so I was already rather self sufficient. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, I used to have lots and lots of activities, as I said, teaching and preservation and right. tools and so on. 
Right. But I was retired anyway. Yeah. And, uh, and had adjusted to them. I've had uh, some personal losses. And uh, coming here was a great blessing um, after I lost a partner of 30 years. Yeah. Um, it really was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Not just death, but right. Uh, Understood. Just, uh, yeah. Being able to come here, be right downtown yeah. in the middle of everything. And yeah. And having some, having some, yeah, yeah. And having some great support from the, yeah, the staff. And having neighbors who enjoy and so on. Yeah. So, so, you know, I, I, there's been some breaking news this week and we're all hearing that a vaccine is on, on the horizon here. So hopefully, you know, in the next few months, several months, that'll be available. But what, what are you looking for? I am in the second category. Yeah. So what, what are you looking forward to, you know, once kind of the crisis is over and things settle down to what were you looking forward to getting back to? Well, I want to get out. Uh, I want to eat out. <laughs> yeah. I want to be able to visit my friends and my family. Sure. I visited my family only sitting on their porch or their deck. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can't have meals with them. So I'm looking forward to that um, opening up. And of course, I felt what for me is almost complete cultural uh, deprivation. Yeah. <clears throat> I used to go to all the concerts and operas and um, HD movies and, and operas and yeah. uh, some theater and mm -hmm. so on. Um, and uh, and I, well, I miss it tremendously. Yeah. It, it was kind of wonderful moving down here. Um, right. Blocks from Music Hall and the block from Memorial Hall. Right. Was part of the joy of living in the Central Parkway place. Yeah. I could walk almost everywhere. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I look forward to that very much. Well, yeah, I think I've heard that from so many that uh, that the cultural, the arts are, are so important to so many of our residents and they look yes. forward to that. So yeah. very lucky to be here. Yeah. Well, Walter, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Hopefully we can catch up here in, in several months and, and uh, obviously even get together uh, yeah. uh, again when that, that vaccine is out and we all are, have a chance to, to get it. So thank you again. May I say something more? Uh, absolutely. Please do. Yes. One of the advantages of living here is having the YMCA downstairs. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, right. Um, one reason I can't walk now is I haven't had that exercise. Mm. Uh, particularly a wonderful uh, silver sneakers classes. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, there was one in the last few months with a very, very sensitive, uh, um, reposeful, inspiring yoga, um, which is the first time I've ever done it. And I miss oh, great. it very much. Yeah, it's available again, but at my age with diabetes and so on, I, I don't want to infect anyone else. Yeah, that but that is a great. Is a real resource. Yeah. yeah, that is a great benefit of the Central Park uh, yeah. Way location is having that YMCA and right. We have right some below. exercises and classes and so on within, um, within the building. Right. Useful, interesting. 
Yeah, I've, I've myself just tried to start walking a little bit more and stretching and I'm looking forward to trying yoga myself as part of my own resiliency right. plan. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm, that's yeah. neat that you're, you're trying that. And, uh, you know, we, we do have some exercises we're actually putting up on our website. I know you don't use yeah. the computer yeah. a lot, but yeah. Uh, yeah. as a, 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 another option, we're trying to reach people at home with that. So yeah. Well, again, thank you so much, Walter, and we'll, we'll catch up real soon. Okay, good. Thank you, Brian. Bye. Well, Brian, I had met Walter quite a number of years ago. It was good to hear from him today. Uh, I know he was one of the very first residents to move into Central Parkway Place. Yeah, it was uh, a pleasure for me to, to, to meet him over Zoom and, and get to know him. And, you know, he, he certainly values his, his apartment location for the view over, over the Rhine and, and even down into downtown, and especially with his background as a, uh, an adjunct professor at UC uh, of architecture. Um, I, I really really enjoyed that conversation so and he's a fascinating man and loves the arts and really missing socializing so again with the news of the vaccine I think he's really looking forward to hopefully getting back to 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 to, to some of that culture that he, he really really enjoys absolutely that's one of those things we all miss is is that uh the culture the arts those in-person um performances that looks like we might I'm hearing maybe summer it might be uh safe for most of us to start doing some of that again right right well that's it for this latest episode the 25th episode of the linkage podcast for more information about us you can visit our website at episcopalretirement.com we have a lot of great content including our linkage online blog uh, resources that you can download to learn more about aging and the services that we offer, and so much more. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on with NERS and our, and our communities. Um, if you have any questions or feedback for us, we love hearing from our listeners. Uh, you can email us at info at erslife.org. Uh, the Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and myself, Brian Reynolds. Fiasha Davis is our associate producer, and our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guests today, including uh, Alice Grove and Walter Langsam, and of course, uh, for president and CEO, Laura Lamb, for always joining us week in and week out. On behalf of myself, uh, Brian Reynolds, and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll look forward to everyone joining us next week for our next podcast. Thanks so much, Kristen. All right, Brian. See you next time. All right. And congratulations once again. <laughs>